Greetings all. Welcome to another podcast of Speaking Through My World. Uh, and in this series, which I've titled The Queer Mass Drive, I am going to be speaking to various individuals who either head or run LGBTQI uh, organizations or NGOs within the SADC region. And the reason for this is that we know within our community, Christmas often isn't a time of joy. Uh, for many of our community, they don't have the luxury of, of a safe, comfortable, loving environment or time to spend with their loved ones. And so the term queer mass, which isn't something that I came up with, it's a, it's a term and, and, and a phrase used at this time of the year for the queer community to, to, to find a, a safe gathering, to find a safe space, uh, just so that they could at least celebrate their form of Christmas. And to start off the series, uh, I'm, I'm speaking to Insubem Mohapi uh, from the Ikariliani Pride Organizing Committee, uh, which, which are based in the East Rand of Johannesburg, uh, to find out what they work on, what, what type of work that they do, the programs that they do, and of course, more importantly, how you can help them. Insubem, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know that this is a really crazy time of the year. But uh, just to get into it, EPOC, which is the Ikareleni Pride Organizing Committee, how did it come about? What is your role within the, within the committee? Oh, hi, Rosie. Thanks, um, man. A pleasure to be here. Uh, Ikareleni Pride uh, was formed in, in 2018. Uh, basically, it was after the, the murder of Yudis uh, Melane, the Banyana Banyana player. Mm -hmm. Uh, who was brutally murdered in Guatemala. So the, the aim when we started this uh, was just to create an awareness. Um, hence, we, we, we named the Pride. It was like walk against uh, crime, you know, uh, hate crimes. So after that, we realized that uh, because there was no organization around Eguruleni, uh, and then we realized that there were so many challenges that the LGBTIQ plus communities facing. Then we started to, to start an organization to register this organization. Hence, we didn't change the name because the main aim was just to have a pride match. Mm. But now we are, we are in NPO. Um, basically, what we do, we, we advocate for, for LGBTIQ plus rights, rights, and then we, we create safe spaces, you know, uh, for the queer community uh, in a form of organizing uh, maybe the safe space event, which we do almost uh, twice a month, uh, and also just just to to create a space where they they, they are able to to you know experience the diversity, uh, to be educated, to learn more, you know, to get support. Uh, so basically, that's what we do. So we do workshops, we do seminars, we do mostly part of our work is the community awareness and dialogues campaigns. Because that's where we, we invite all the stakeholders in the community. I'm talking about your traditional leaders, healers, the doctors, the nurses, the tavern owners, the educators, uh, police, and also the healthcare workers. Uh, because it's important that the community get the view uh, from all these stakeholders, you know. Mm -hmm. And the main aim of that is just that we, we stop these hate crimes and people understand the homosexuality. Because why we're doing this is that we've realized people have got a wrong perception about 
what does it mean to be a queer person. So it, they need more education. They need more awareness campaigns. And then we've got the Egurulani Pride, which we do every every year. Um, yeah, basically that's what we do. And we deal more with the walk-ins because we, we service the parents when they want to come, uh, if they need psychosocial help. Uh, we also save the, the, the children from school. You know, they always come in our space because we run the office from my home. So you mm-hmm. can imagine, you know, the up and down in the township because everybody knows that we are here. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the beginning, I mean, you mentioned, you know, one of the biggest issues in our country are hate crimes. Uh, if possible, could you talk to the importance of why we need to actually label these as hate crimes? Because often... Uh, members of our community will be killed uh, because of who they are and then just be billed under as if it's just a regular murder. And, 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 and I want you to, to talk uh, about the issue of hate crimes because um, I think that also just pushes the, the reality of the high rates of, of deaths against LGBT crime community because of who they are. I think it's important to label it as hate crime and mm-hmm. nothing else. Because the aim of a person brutally murdering somebody, it's, it's, it's different from other crimes, you know, other ways that they, they, they murder. Because most of the time we find a body being brutal, you know, brutal. Uh, at some point we had a case of Nokolo Nokwaza here in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. There were big bricks near her body because her skull was crushed. Her teeth were taken out. You know, the bottle was inserted, the beer bottle was inserted in her private parts. You know, also with Yudis Melane, when you see these bodies, when you go to the crime scene, you could see that this was just it. Mm-hmm. It was not just rape. It was not just, you know, a mistake. It was like hate. They hate the queer community for some reason. Mm. So that's why it has to be labeled as an hate crime, because the way that the courts will deal with it. It's not, it's, it should be like, you know, harsh sentences for the people who do this. Mm. And you mentioned that, you know, you, you also run these various workshops, uh, and this is for, for uh, individuals or corporates out there who could possibly offer services for these workshops. Do you want to talk a little bit more about um, the workshop that you've held and the people that have been there? And then, you know, moving into 2023, what type of, you know, services would you would you need to run the, the workshops moving forward? Yeah, we, 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 we're servicing stakeholders, like the faith-based organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that there's a lot of hate speech in our pulpits, you know, nationally. So we do have uh, safe spaces or dialogues with the faith-based organizations. Mm-hmm. And also when I talk about the traditional leaders, especially, it's because we've got lots of discrimination in the rural areas. And we believe that, uh, as you said before, there, there are queer individuals who cannot visit their rural homes mm. because of these discriminations and these hate crimes. You know, as soon as they step in, you know, the village, there's a husband waiting for them. There's a wife waiting for them. You know, so it's important that we, we educate, them, especially the traditional leaders that are in the townships, you know, um, we have to educate them so that when they talk to other 
traditional leaders where we cannot read, they'll be able to understand what does it mean to be a queer individual, mm. you know, so that they can go and, and educate other traditional um, leaders. So uh, the safe space that we do, we know that even within the queer community, there's also issues of race. There's also issues of, of patriarchy within the, the, the queer movement. There's also issues of transphobia, biphobia. So we still have to have an education within the LGBTI community so that, you know, we understand one another, mm. our diversity. It's not only about the, the heterosexual community, but also we need the, to talk about issues within, you know, the, the queer community. Mm. So we'll have the, the space, safe spaces for trans uh, community. We'll have space, safe spaces for bisexual individuals just to get what the challenges are they facing, you know, so that we are able to, to address issues not just from our heads, but from what services that they need, mm. you know, especially when it comes to healthcare, we know that it is an issue, mm. you know, the, the treatment and prevention of HIV AIDS, we understand that some queer individuals cannot even go to the clinic to collect uh, their their treatment because of the fear of being victimized. You know, uh, there's intimate partner violence within the queer community, and some can't even go to the police station to report because they are fear of second victimization. They'll be asked questions that are irrelevant to what they are there for. So it, 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 there's a lot that as a, an organization we have to deal with, you know. Um, and unfortunately, there are no, no resources at all, especially for organizations on the grassroots level. You know, uh, we're doing so much, and yet there's not much recognition. And there's not much funding for those organizations. Mm. So going forward to 2023, even starting from this December, you know, we, we would like to bring together the, the queer individuals who are struggling out there, who cannot visit their homes, because it's a lonely time for them. It's very lonely, because you cannot go, and even if I'm around here, my family is here, some people cannot go to visit their families on Christmas Day, because it's either they are trans, they've already started, you know, with the, the, the hormonal treatment. So they'll be asked questions, you know, there'll be transphobia, in that table. Uh, some, they, you know, you feel that they are not welcome, but they have to persevere and be there with their family. So we want to give them the, 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 the option that, you know, as individuals, we can come together, maybe just throw a lunch mm. or dinner for every queer individual in the township who cannot visit home, yeah. you know, this Christmas. Even if they've got kids, we should also be able to invite kids. But unfortunately, some resources, we don't have uh, those resources, you know, to bring them all together. But going forward, I, I hope that as we continue with our work, um, doing these community dialogues, you know, bringing individuals together, we can also have like places like a, a safe house, you know, a safe house, a safe house, even if individuals don't stay there for long. Uh, but it, it, it's important that as a queer person, if you are experiencing hate crime, if you have been raped, there's a place that you can run to where we'll make sure that you get help 24 hours, seven days a week. So for us as an organization moving forward, 
This is what we want to see in Neguruleni because there are safe spaces for community members, you know, uh, because I always say we are also community members as queer individuals. It's not us and them, you know, we should form part of the community. But unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, there's still discrimination even in those uh, safe houses. Mm. So a queer individual still can go. A trans woman, a trans man still can go there for help. So we really need to have an all-inclusive, if possible, you know, a safe house in Egorulene. And that's what I've been preaching even to our government, that it, it, it's very important that we have that, mm. you know, for the well-being of individuals. Yeah, so I hope we, we're going to take, uh, because now there's a lot of young people who are coming up. And for young people, they've got different um, challenges. They are dealing with different issues from what we, an older generation of queer individuals, were dealing with. So we need to create safe spaces. We need to come up with programs that will interest them, you know, and their peers. So it's important that you concentrate more on our young person, people because there's also the issue of substance abuse. You know, uh, there's a lot of substance abuse amongst our young people. Um, and some is because of the stigma and discrimination they got from home. You know, there's bullying in schools. Uh, we, we had last year uh, and early this year, we had about three suicides from 17-year-olds, matriculants around the townships here in Egorulene. Mm -hmm. So the, and, and the letters that they left behind were saying they are tired of being discriminated. You know, they are tired of being bullied. So there are those issues still, and people think it's, it's Uhuru, we, we've arrived, you know, because there are so much work that has been done. But yet when you go deep in the townships, you'll find out that we are not there yet. People are dealing with, the queer community is dealing with a lot, mm. you know. So it's important that going forward, we should look at other avenues as an organization, mm. you know, um, but that we can only do by bringing people together, talking to people, find out what people are dealing with out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot of funding. Um, as you know, that takes a lot of resources. So what as an organization, what we are doing now is we're doing a lot of fundraising events. Like in February, we'll have our, uh, we call it a power suit power suit event. So it's sort of a gala event mm -hmm. where we bring in different people, you know, and stakeholders that we work with, maybe to buy a table and then, yeah, just have a night where, but the sole aim of that is that we, we, we fundraise. And we and if we, we call it a power suit because we, we, we have got different versions of what power is. So as an individual, the way you, you'll be dressing um, it will be telling us that this is, I feel powerful when I'm like this, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I think that that's an important thing, the fundraising events, because we cannot fold our arms and say we don't have funding. Therefore, we are not doing anything because challenges are there. Mm -hmm. You know, murders are still happening. Rape of gay men still happening out there. Yeah. And they are not reported. They don't make the news because they... they you know, because of discrimination, because of not taking queer issues seriously. Mm. So where are you going to report? It's like gay men feel, no, it's because we need that. They think we need attention. 
They think we're trying to be women. So there's a lot of education that is needed. Mm. And as an organization, that's what we're doing uh, as we do our work yeah. in the community. You know, you touched on so many really relevant topics and, you know, why so many crimes aren't reported because of the discrimination. And if you look at the high rate of black lesbian deaths in this country, which has just been swept under the carpet because people don't want to talk about it and, and they're not being re- re- recorded as hate crimes. Uh, but, that, but also looking at, at the, the, the problem, because it's a major problem, it's not even a challenge, it's a huge problem, um, which is around policy, around the shelter system in our country. Uh, and I've worked with other NGOs and other shelters before where we didn't discriminate about bringing in uh, members from the trans community. But by law, if we had found out then, our shelter could have been closed because the law doesn't protect that community. So I'm mentioning this in this podcast for any policymakers out there or any legal representatives who have the access and who have the resources to, to possibly bring this to the table and see what you could do within your camp. Because as much as we all, well, yes, we need funding, we want money thrown at us, we are living through crazy times. And often, often it's, it's about what resources do you have in your back pocket? What do you have in your room? I mean, you, know, you were saying that you're running the organization from your home, so you using those resources. Uh, I'm calling out corporates and other spaces. Uh, I'm sure you need assistance with with stationery. I'm sure you need assistance with just um, day-to-day essentials, you know, tea, coffee, that type yes. of thing when people come in, you know. Um, and so so thank you so much for 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 your time. Thank you for, for also highlighting the important work that you're doing. Uh, please also keep us abreast of the event that's going to be happening in February um, because... Uh, I definitely think from my point of view, I would definitely love to find, try and fundraise for that and possibly try and find other stakeholders to get involved in that event uh, because power is such, a, you know, is such an important part when it comes to, to LGBTQI, when it comes to GBV issues, when it comes to just yes. self-esteem. And there's so many different facets of power. So that would be great to unpack. Uh, but but I, I thank you for the work that you're doing. I thank you for the work that your team are doing. And I really hope that this podcast can reach the right ears and, and we get assistance to you. Thank you so much for having me. No yeah, problem. I really enjoyed it. And also from, from Lizazi Healing Space, we will be um, making a food donation to you, either in the form of a food voucher or we will do a delivery or a monetary value. But we can discuss that wow. a little bit later. Thank you so so much, Rosie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay blessed. And thank you to your team also. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, we'll keep in touch. Definitely. Bye-bye. Have a beautiful day. Well, that brings an end to this podcast. If you are in a position to possibly assist or give guidance or provide skills, funding, resources, or want to know a little bit more if there's something that I didn't cover, uh, please look at the body of this podcast because their contact details are there. There's also a Facebook page. And uh, if you are an individual or an organization or an NGO that you believe uh, could benefit uh, from from, um, this type of a conversation on this platform, please pop me a message. Thanks so much for listening.